Amazon Prime just dropped the entire eight-episode first season of Chris Pratt's action-packed thriller series, The Terminal List, based on former Navy SEAL Jack Carr's first novel of the same name. We're here to discuss episode one, The Engram, play some trivia, and determine whether this show is recommendable. It's July 4th, and you are listening to today's episode. How many films do you think have centered around United States Navy SEALs? 13, 23, 33, or 48? Well, it's strange to say because I remember I was thinking that like Chris Pratt at the very beginning of this episode was kind of like his character in Zero Dark Thirty. Definitely not that way by the end. Um, I'm going to go with, because there was that secret story of like Benghazi, right? With John Krasinski, it came out in 23. I would go with 23. 23 is the exact right answer. Yeah, <laughs> and you even pointed out that Chris Pratt was in Zero Dark Thirty. How well do you remember that movie? Uh, pretty well. Yeah, I mean it was. So only you 10 remember years ago. how he acted in that movie? Yeah, he was kind of like the he he was like the comic relief. He's not the comic relief here, but he was he was also like kind of a badass. Does a he bit. do anything <laughs> funny here in the first episode? No, this is this is by far not a comedy. It's probably the most serious I've seen him in ever since like something like the Tomorrow War, mm-hmm. which <laughs> which even then had like a comic relief. I think Sam Richardson. Hold on, the Tomorrow. Yeah, the Tomorrow War was like a complete joke. Not not his character. His character is pretty serious. He played a dad, but he also had like a little light sense of humor, right? I yeah. mean, he was more serious than we'd seen him in Parks and Rec, but I, this is supposed to be like PTSD, Chris Yeah, Pratt, yeah, that's right? exactly what it is. Yeah. Did you recognize any of the other cast? Yeah, members? I was very surprised and very happy to see that Taylor Keish was in this series. I think the only other TV series I've seen him in is Friday Night Lights. Playing Ben Edwards, yeah, mm-hmm. from and Friday Night Lights. Uh, he was in John Carter, obviously, yeah. that movie. I was not expecting him to see him here. And then Constance Wu from Crazy Rich Asians. Fresh off the boat. Yeah. We talked about her in the last podcast. Uh, anybody else? Uh, no, that, the was, main cast? that was about it. Did you, was there a Lucy? Was there a Lorraine? Was there a Lauren? Yeah, so Lucy was his kid. Lauren was his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have down here, uh, yeah, Taylor Kish, his name was Ben. And then you have Kahani. You don't actually see him, but he's the terrorist that James Reese, Chris Pratt, is trying to take out with his squad at the very beginning of the episode. And from that main cast, you've already pointed out that Chris Pratt has already been in a Navy SEAL. Oh, I should also uniform. mention Patrick yeah. Schwarzenegger. I, I, I didn't know who he played, but when I like saw you him, Amazon, him? No, I saw on Amazon his name. Okay, yeah, yeah. and you know who his dad is. Yeah, but you obviously. also know that uh, Chris Pratt is married to um, his sister. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, so that's where the relation comes in, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's why he was hired for the show, but yeah. Also, though, Chris Pratt's not the only one who has played a Navy SEAL before. In fact, Taylor Keish has played a Navy SEAL twice before this in Lone Survivor and, and American the, Assassin. Yeah, American Assassin. I should have yeah. made you guess yeah, on that yeah, yeah. one, yeah. But out of the 23 films... That, and I get that this is a TV show and there's other TV shows like SEAL Team that are out there that talk about Navy SEALs, but I wasn't going to do research on right. this. So only six of the 23 have had positive critical reception on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so that should give you some understanding going into these types of movies and TV shows that these are here for the action. They're not necessarily here for the plot or the difficult, yeah. complex mind things that they're bringing up. In fact, the well, only out of the ones, six, though, I was going to say the only like TV shows that really aren't just for the action, but like kind of trying to stay historically accurate is the Pacific and Band of Brothers. Those well, actually, out of the 23 when I was looking, a lot of them did try to be documentaries slash like true events, mm-hmm. you know, but then they would always glorify them to a point where people just weren't, yeah. it wasn't received very well. But out of the six, do you want to take a guess which ones received that positive reception? Well, Zero Dark Thirty. Zero right. Dark Thirty is one of them. Um... Black Hawk Down, I don't know. Uh, Captain Phillips. 
Okay. Yeah. American Sniper. I thought you might get that. American one. Sniper. Yeah, that reminded me of this show as well. But yeah, The Abyss. Under Siege, which was a Steven, Steven Seagal film. I've never that even got heard positive it. reception. Well, it came out before you were born. And then Lone Survivor. Um, mm, yeah, those, so I've seen three, of si- three out of those six. Yeah. But now that you already mentioned that American Sniper reminded you of this, any other movie comparisons or TV comparisons you want to throw out there? Well, it, it started off with like kind of 15 minutes of just like military violence. Like they were even on a beach. So that reminded me of the first 20 minutes of Saving Private Ryan. And then mm-hmm. you also had things that come to mind like Dunkirk, Hacksaw Ridge, really the more grittier types of uh, of war films, I thought. When do you get to the premise? When do you start understanding what the show's about? Like after 20 minutes? Yeah, because that's when you get the first sense of uh, James Reese's PTSD. Mm-hmm. And it's like 55 minutes. So that's about halfway through the entire story. And that's where you get a sense of what his character is meant to do in this series or what? Yeah, I would also compare this to probably actually most closely related to Full Metal Jacket. Um, the first half of Full Metal Jacket. Interesting. Is- None of your comparisons I've seen directly in the same way that I've seen it compared to Rambo, to John Wick, to Mission. <laughs> John Wick. Huh. John Wick, yeah. I mean, like, because John Wick, it's more like popcorn action. This is action that's like you don't really want to see because it's just so bloody. Does Vengeance play any part in the first episode? I mean, Vengeance, I think, will definitely be playing a part in the plot later on. So I think that's where they're getting the John Wick comparison. Mission Impossible and The Fugitive. Wow, all those are like, I feel like entertainment type things. And here it's like, even though it definitely has- What do you mean by entertainment type things? It has, well, those are supposed to be like fun movies, I feel like. Here, I felt like this was a very heavy TV show. And yeah, there are like- Like depressing? Like you walk away from that and you're supposed to have James Reese for this first hour has just terrible things happen to him continually. And like nothing good. There's no upside at all. The first shot that we see- You mean there's never like a break that he gets. Like he's like the Punisher. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, no, and these are- like really bad events the first thing we see is him at a cemetery yeah <laughs> and him like having to go to all these different types of funerals and then we of get his a, friends yeah and then we get a cut of him he, he's like uh this is i think weeks beforehand so backlash yeah this that is explains when, what the funerals are about yeah because okay. it, it was he he's part of the navy seals he, they just got greenlit to uh try and find this terrorist named kahani mm-hmm. and they they go into this beach they go into the zoo the sewer that is there and they end up like scoping around. I'd say there's like 14 people. I was going to ask how many people. Yeah. Um, we even have his friend like Boozer here. I was surprised because they. So this is like SEAL Team 14? <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay. And, they're, and they're able to like sniff out a trap wire because there's this dog named Zeke. He was probably one of my favorite characters because he was just a dog, a German shepherd that was able to sniff out these trap wires. Okay. And then suddenly we hear gunshots from the like other side of the sewer. And we learned that that's actually Kahani's team. Fighting like, crocodiles. No, no, fighting them, like the yeah. SEAL team. And right, uh, so they're shooting it. In, in a sewer, I would think it's just dark and like there's only one way you can shoot. So yeah, well, there it was, feels like you would there was automatically hit people. There's multiple pathways. Because, yeah, but if you're already shooting, it feels like you have sight on someone and that people would immediately start falling. Well, yeah, because the, yeah, like what ends up happening is uh, James Reese's squad, yeah. two people are dead straight away. There's mm-hmm. a third one that's like very, very badly injured. And they're just trying to find a way out at that point. They're like, screw it, we need to, we need to get out of here. They and call they, quits that quickly? Yeah, and okay. they actually end up finding a path, a pathway open, but everyone is freaking out so much that like they're all running around and then one person ends up going through the trip wire. And that is when like just a huge bloodbath appears. You have- uh, Which idiot went through the trip wire? 
Donnie Mitchell. But they actually gave him a name. Yeah. Okay. And, and like, it, it, and it, it got crazy because then James Reese gets knocked out. Okay. It, it kills a ton of people. Uh, he has like a quick, like kind of dream sequence with his daughter. That's the first time we're introduced. Again, the Punisher are very similar. Yeah, yeah. And like, he has this dream sequence where this bird hits this window and he goes over and the daughter is like, is the bird okay? And then so he looks down and suddenly he's holding a gun. He, he wakes up. And then he sees a decapitated member of his team, yeah. like one of its heads. How many that, of his teams survived this? None, okay. except for him, or so we think. So and, this is, oh, so we think. What, what happens is he makes it out, and then that's when, um, when he makes it out, that's where there's this huge battle going on between Kahani's team members and some other uh, military members that but actually made it to the not people who had gone site. down in the sewer, yeah. not his team. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it reminded Did me so much. Did the dog make it? I don't think so. I think the dog was dead. Again, okay. they say overall that like James Reese was the only person to make it out alive. So... He gets on a... Uh, That's also like Suicide Squad. Yeah. No, exactly, because it's on a beach. Yeah, and so I, I really enjoyed kind of the first 15 minutes because it was very intense. Whenever the show does action, it does it very well. I'm sorry. There's a sewer on the beach. Yeah, they, it's like a crate that they had to kind of get into. I'm not picturing it, but go ahead. So James Reese, he goes on this helicopter and he's able to make it to like this medical station. And they actually start interviewing him. They're like, so what exactly was going on there? What, what's the whole entire story? Um, and he's just kind of explaining it. But then you see that like kind of the interviewers who are interviewing him kind of are, are almost two-faced. They're looking at him in a bad light. And he, they start playing recordings from the actual like attack when it was going on. Is one of the interviewers Katie Burnek, the Constance Wood? No, 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 no. She, she comes she, along she later. Comes along later. Okay. Yeah, these were just two kind of people who work, I think, in the medical facility. And they start like playing they and work recording. as reporters at the medical facility. Well, they're interviewing. Him. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and so they start playing recordings of what was going on during the attack. And James, that you can hear James Reese saying things that he wasn't saying when the actual attack was happening. So that was already the first sign of like, are we paranoia? Dealing, uh, yeah, are we dealing with an unreliable narrator here? What exactly is going on that was making me interested? The doctor is also saying, hey, we should run an MRI on you because you got knocked out and obviously hurt during the attack. And he's like, no, I just want to make it home to my family. I think he probably should take an MRI. <laughs> well, he does later on. But so he goes to California yes. and then um, where that's, most of this is filmed. Right. And that's where he actually lives. And that's when we first see Taylor Keish. Um, you see that James Reese has been through so much that he ends up just hugging Ben. That's Taylor Keish's character. Best and, friend. Yeah. Best friend. Um, I think Ben had some type of like thing in the military and I think he got discharged. He was sealed turned FBI or CIA. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. And so he brings uh, James Reese home to his uh, wife, Lauren, and his kid, Lucy. Lucy is happy to see him home, but Lauren, there's obviously, like, some tension kind of between the two of them. Yes. And oh, how is how does James, like, uh, compensate with the fact that he's no longer having to fight a war? It, you know, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker, I was going to ask, yeah. Right, because it's he's not as wanting to go back as Jeremy Renner was. Jeremy Renner just, like, absolutely loved him. He wasn't happy until he got there. Right, but, like, the, the kind of awkwardness that was happening whenever he was home was still very much present. Like, for example, uh, the next morning, uh, Lauren is baking cinnamon rolls, and he picks up the tray of cinnamon rolls while seething, yeah. like, in his hands, and he doesn't even realize it until, like, five seconds later, and then he drops it. Weird. Yeah, just weird stuff like that. Also, I should mention, there was actually one quick scene that is where we see Katie Burr back the reporter where he's drinking with boozer because again we're supposed to think that boozer made it home and uh oh okay yeah and so he's drinking 
So, I mean, you've just clearly made it seem as if he's just this haunted ghost that's yeah. next to him this whole time. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but it, it was supposed to be like, oh, no, Boozer actually didn't make it home. And then Katie Burback kind of comes in and she starts trying because she's part of the press. She starts trying to get a story from James Reese. And James Reese is like, look, I'm not going to tell you anything. And neither is Boozer. And then she's like, where's Boozer? And all you see is like a full empty uh, kind of shot. It would have been funnier if he'd like Thanos out in front of him. And he was like, sorry, dude. Well, <laughs> what happened was I think James Reese looks at the door and he sees Boozer leave. Oh, so he's still not convinced that he's right. Fake? Well, here's the thing. Uh, Going back okay. to Cinnamon Rolls. Yes, Cinnamon Rolls. <laughs> uh, during that scene, he gets a call and he learns that Boozer has killed himself. But when he goes to the scene of the crime, they say that Boozer has killed himself two days beforehand. Yet when he was having drinks with him, that was only the day before. So that's the first sign where it's like, okay, things are really off with James Reese. So you really thought this was something in his head. Yeah, right. And it was like, was he just having drinks alone? Like, what was exactly going on? And that's why he ends up even uh, like emailing the reporter, Katie Burback. He's like, when you came up to me in the bar that day, was I alone? Like, or was there someone next to me? Or what exactly is going on here? But by the end, James Reese is like, you know what? I'm going to get the MRI. So much crazy shit is going on right now. I'm not sure I really understand everything. So when he goes to visit the doctor, the doctor says that's a problem with his memory pathways. Uh, they're either getting destroyed or old memories are overlapping with new ones. The engram? Yeah, exactly. That, and so that's the name of the episode. Which is like a hypothetical thing that they've seen kind of in like rat testing, but they haven't ever been able to really prove or show or track an actual connection. Right. It's and, all hypothetical. And that's so it's why, funny why the doctor would be bringing it up. Well, the doctor was like, I want to get a closer look. Can you go into the MRI machine? And uh, when James goes into the MRI machine, he starts to have flashbacks of like all of the soldiers dying. But he's in there for a long time. So long, in fact, he's like, Doc, can you bring me out? And when he's brought out, the doc has Boozer's a there. <laughs> the doc has a bullet in his head. Jesus, okay. The other doctor, I think that was there, also has a bullet in their why? head. And there are two men in masks holding a gun and holding him at gunpoint. Yeah. And when they're about to kill him, he's able to actually fight them off. And that's when, again, it was getting pretty intense. Again, action was great when it, when it happened. Uh, he was able to kill one of the gunmen, one of the gunmen flees. You mean the sequences, it looked like they put a lot of production value. It was also it. just like, I was scared for the characters. I wanted to see what was going nice. to happen. Okay. He jumps into the car. He's going home. He's like calling his family. He's like, you guys have to get out of there. Lauren, Lucy, you guys have to leave right away. He calls 911 to tell him about the whole entire situation. He makes it home. He has a gun in his hand. He like comes in very slowly looking around. And then what does he see? This reminded me of Dexter at the end of season four. People who've seen it know what I'm talking about. Uh, Lauren and Lucy are on the ground. They're dead. His, his family gone. is dead. Yeah, his, his family. Completing the Punisher circle. <laughs> right. And so that's one of those things where it's like, well, now that his moral center is gone, how crazy is James Reese just going to go? Well, do you know why it's called the terminal list? I, I imagine that's because, like, they're trying to kill... Because he thinks that the two gunmen that were about to kill him also killed Boozer. So I think that's, like, one of those things So where, he thinks that they are putting him on a list? Yeah. Okay, well, that's one way of looking at it, at least from this first episode point of view. Um, whether or not it's true, I'll let you decipher that. Are you going to continue to watch the series? Yeah, I was I was entertained and by it. And what would you give it? I give it an 8 out of 10. Um, like that I said, high? An 8 yeah, out of 10? It, it had an entertaining opening. Um... The action was done, like I said, very well. The unreliable narrator was kind of nice to see. I, I always enjoy it, but it seemed like this one, he, he had more of a moral center than, say, um, Elliot and Mr. Robot. But really? He, yeah. So, yeah. 
But he also, like... He's more of a patriot, too, right? Yeah. He's more, like, pro-America. Right. But he also, like, it just had more stuff going on where it was, like, you suddenly heard him on the audio tapes and he's saying different stuff. Like, that, that, was, that was crazy and kind of cool to see. Obviously, talent shot well. And the mystery aspect, I'm entertained to see where it's going to go. That being said, I do have a list of cons here. Yeah. It's very confusing. And so much stuff is thrown at you in, mm-hmm. like, so many different scenes. And it's, like, you're not really sure which ones you have to pay attention to and what exactly is going to fit where. And so this could very well be a situation where I get to the end of the series and I'm like, all those, all those puzzle pieces you were giving me make nothing. Like, this, this could end up being, like, a disappointing thing. I don't know how the reviews are, but that's how I'm seeing it. Um, and there's no real rebound for the character. Like I said, it's just an hour of James Reese having terrible things happen over and over and over and over again at this point the only thing he has to cling to is ben and it's like i get it you want to make your character have to go through a really bad story arc but like was taylor kish as ben a lot in this episode or was he kind of just there for he was just he was there for like i think three scenes or so oh three scenes but it's like you know did you get enough of his characters what i'm yeah he was probably my favorite one cool but it was like i i want to see at least something happened with James Reed. Like, his, his family just died. You want to see the rainbow at the end yeah, of the tunnel. Yeah, something, you know. So th- that's that's where my cons kind of lie. But yeah, I definitely will watch the rest of the series. And also, I think that one of the predictions I have here, and it could be completely wrong, but Katie Burback, the reporter, might have something to do with, um, with like, James Reese trying to be killed. She might be in on the conspiracy. Yeah, possibly. All right. Uh, the sentiment from the negative reviews from that side of things is that a lot of people just didn't buy Chris Pratt. They say he should stick to comedy and that he really well, he's just... he's done drama roles before. That he's done drama roles before, but they've always had like a lighthearted kind of twist to them from Guardians of the Galaxy to even his Jurassic Park yeah, thing. Yeah, you could say that, yeah. But like this, it's just... A bummer almost because of how serious he's <laughs> Oh, yes. Acting. No, it's completely a drama. Yeah. Yeah. And so some people had a problem with that. Um, it's very divisive, this series. So probably the most divisive one that we've come into between critic and audiences. So right now, the Rotten Tomato audience score is 91%. Amazon and Google user reviews have it between a 4.3 and 4.5 out of 5. Um, and then their IMDb score, which again is owned by Amazon, Amazon Prime having released this, but it has an 8.1 based on those reviews mm-hmm. as well. But then when we look at the critics, they seem to hate it. You have the most <laughs> devastating headline coming from RogerEbert.com. Prime Videos, The Terminal List is an alpha male cry for help. The Guardian gave it one star, called it dated. Uh, Empire and The Independent gave it two stars. Metacritic, which kind of analyzes all the different critics that they can get. That's what's called Metacritic. Yeah. Consensus generally unfavorable. Now that I don't usually see on Wikipedia where it says the general consensus of something. It's sometimes mixed, right. but generally unfavorable. This thing has been, it's fair to say, trashed by critics, but like that's why I was so interested in what your opinion would be. It reminds me a little bit of the offer in that sense, where it's like I think the IMDb score for that was like an eight point six, but you said that it had like a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Yeah, but this one, this one even more so because it doesn't seem like all fans are on board with it. But definitely, there's something shady going on. I think this is this is like the the idea that this is a conspiracy uh, pushing show. And then also, I, I think there's a little bit of a conspiracy within the audience. That did that did, did kind of like come into my mind a little bit. That, just the 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 like kind of moral theme of this show, the fact that it could easily just be like all this big conspiracy thing. I was like, mm, well, uh, well, the whole the book itself is very anti-establishment. Um, I do want to shout out the creator and the director real quick. There's Dave DeGilio who wrote 
Eight Below, that movie, as well as he's supposed to be writing the next <laughs> Tron 3. They're movie. making another Tron. And he's going to be the writer behind it. And he's also doing this show. So it's like all over the place with him. And then the director is famous Antoine Fuqua. And he's done movies like Training Day, Shooter, The Equalizer, Olympus Has Fallen. You get the gist. His films are like a tad more highbrow than like Michael Bay films. But he also worked on uh, with Pratt in 2017 in the Magnificent Seven remake. Mm. He, he directed that as well. So I do have a true and false game real quick. Carr, the writer of the original book series, personally picked Pratt and Fuqua, the director, to star and direct while writing the book. True or false? Uh, hmm, true. That is true. Okay. The, and he did it before the book was ever released. He was just like... I that's really that's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a, yeah. He, he was a fan of his play in Zero Dark Thirty and such. The Tomorrow War came out over a year ago. Uh, yes, right? did? Yes. Yeah. By, by a couple of days, July 2nd mm -hmm. is when it came out. And then Chris Pratt is a huge Friday Night Lights fan. <laughs> uh... I'll say true, sure. It is. His daughter's name is Lila. I don't know if it's actually because of Lila Garrity in Friday Night Lights, <laughs> but he said it was. <laughs> so he was probably pretty happy to be working with Taylor Cation. Well, they were asked to name each other's favorite roles. And so nah. that's, I think he had that perfectly scripted answer for him. Um, yeah, so so it's a very divisive series, and I'm glad you liked it. I'd be curious what you thought of it in a couple episodes from now. I do know some more cast members who show up, but I don't think that they've been in it yet because you haven't mentioned them. Yeah. So I'm not going to ruin that either. Uh, anything else you want to say about the series before we go? No, I was just, I was surprised by what it was because when I saw like, or heard the name The Terminal List, I was like, this is probably going to be like some weird hospital type TV show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then ended up being this. But yeah, no, I mean, I liked it, so. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.